Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. Hey, when you're done listening to this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free app. From there, you can find all of our recent message content. Our app is actually the best place to keep up with everything going on at Hope. If you like what you hear today, we encourage you to share this with your friends or family. Enjoy. Hope, I don't know if I've ever been more excited to talk to a group of people as I am right now. And uh, the reason why is because there is this tension. And uh, whether you know it or not yet, there's this tension because right now we have an opportunity to make a decision. Uh, Are we going to stay the same in our lives or are we going to chase after more? And the reality is much of our life, we do ourselves a favor by recognizing much of life is made up of these little teeny tiny decisions. We'd serve ourselves well to realize that, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about when you come to these places in life where there's these big moments, okay, these crossroads. And I believe right now in the life of Hope Community Church, we're in a big moment. And I know some of us are visual people, and so I don't want us to miss this, and so I've got a graphic here that you can take a look at. Um, And so any time in life when we come to this place of potential or this opportunity, we sit in this moment of tension. And I was talking to one of our other pastors, Clay, today. He described it as like a weight. You feel this weight until you make a decision. Are you going to stay the same or are you going to chase after more in our lives? And here's the dirty little secret. There really is no such thing as staying the same. Uh, In life, you're either moving forwards or you're moving backwards, man. You're either taking ground or you're losing ground and you have to make a decision. And we're in a series right now that we are calling Made for More. And this overarching theme is this. You were made to live life with a group of people that believe you can change the world and give your whole life to it. And anything less than that is going to feel empty. Uh, Last week, we talked about what that looks like for us in our individual lives, where we go out, where we live, learn, work, and play in the community. This week, we're talking specifically about what that looks like for us as Hope Community Church. There's a rowdy group of people that know we don't have our stuff together, but Jesus is calling us into something more. And before I talk to you about exactly what that is, I want to to invite every single one of us into this moment of tension. And so I just want to give yourself permission right now just to recognize and to believe that you were made to live your life for something bigger than yourself and to rest in that tension that right now you are in a place and you have an opportunity to make a decision. Are you going to stay the same or are you going to chase after more? Before we talk any more about what that means for hope, I want to go to a place in the Bible uh, where some, uh, some folks that were following after God actually felt a very similar tension to what I'm talking about. And I didn't know exactly where I was going to go this week, where I was going to go with this. I thought maybe I could go to Moses, uh, where God comes to him and says, Moses, I want you to go before Pharaoh. I want you to tell him that he is to let my people go, release them out of slavery in Egypt. Or I thought, no, maybe I'll go to, to David, right? This little shepherd boy who with a slingshot has to go fight this giant Goliath. And I thought, no, let's Let's go to something a little bit closer, something that we've talked about recently. And so what I want to do, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to go to uh, verses 19 and 20. And so what's happened at this point in the story, Jesus has already lived his life uh, 33 years. He's already gone to the cross. He's paid the price and the penalty for our sins. He's gone into the tomb. He's risen three days later. He's revealed himself to his disciples. He's already had that redemptive conversation with Peter that Chase talked to us about on Easter. And we know now the new things that are possible because the tomb is empty. And he's with his disciples and they don't fully understand what's going to happen. 
but he's actually about to leave. It's called the ascension. He's actually about to go up to heaven soon at this point. And Jesus says this to him in chapter 28 of Matthew, verse 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given to you. And be sure of this. I am with you always until the end of the age. Now, that might sound a little churchy, right? He's saying, go into the world, make disciples, teach them to obey all the things that I've commanded. And I want to recognize sometimes when we look at the Bible, it's real easy to get zeroed in on some words that don't make a lot of sense or just look at one verse and we kind of forget the context of the whole thing. So I want you to, we we got to realize what's going on here. Um, These guys have walked for three years with Jesus, right? They've seen, uh, Jesus has seen them on their worst days. And uh, they know why Jesus came to this earth. They know that Jesus came to this earth for sinners like them, like me, like you, like us in this room. And so what's happened is Jesus is sitting down with these guys and he's saying, there's some things I need you to remember because I'm gonna leave soon. And this mission has to keep moving forward. And so I want you to remember things like, you remember that time we were walking around and these guys brought to us this woman that was caught in adultery? And they threw her down at her feet and they all had stones. And they're like, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? And they, they were hoping that maybe I would say they were stoned or they were trying to catch me. And remember what I said? I said, why don't we let who is without sin throw the first stone? And you remember how the rocks fell down? And then everyone walked away and I looked at the woman and I said, well, who condemns you? And she said, well, I guess no one. I said, you're right. Well, neither do I, but go and sin no more. Remember that balance of grace and truth that we try to live? You remember how I said that I didn't come for the healthy, but I came for the sick? You remember how I said that all who are weary and heavy laden, they should come to me and I can give them rest? That abundant life that I talked to you guys about that I came, that has got to move forward because here's the deal. The life is gonna go on and I'm gonna leave. And at some point, like fast forward to like the year 2020, there's gonna be kids that are gonna be born. And as soon as he said 2020, and Jesus shook for a minute. He's like, that's, that's gonna be a bad year. But... But there's going to be kids that are born that need to know this abundant life that I have already died to set, to to, to make possible. And so you guys have got to carry this on. And they left, Jesus left. And in that moment, the disciples were in this moment of tension because they had a decision to make. Are we going to go back to the same way that we lived our lives before we met Jesus? Or are we going to chase after this opportunity that we have in front of us? And because they realized that they were made for more. We're in this room talking about them right now. And the reason that I chose that story is so that we would realize this is something bigger than us. You understand? Like we were made to to understand that we're to live life with a group of people that believe we can change the world. And that thing started thousands and thousands of years ago. And we're here because some other people believed it. And we have the same opportunity and the same command to go into the world and make disciples and teach them to do obey everything that Jesus commanded, which is really to point people towards that abundant life that we talked about last week. So what's our opportunity? Last week, I shared this with us, um, our vision and mission as a church. So important for all of us to be in the same place. And so if you heard this last week, sorry, uh, we don't get tired of talking about it around here, but it's important to make sure everybody's on the same page. Our vision as a church, it's to reach the triangle and change the world. And if you're checking in with us online and you have no idea what the triangle is, it's just the area that we live here in North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, surrounding areas. We've got campuses all over the place. But we believe that if we can reach the triangle with the gospel, that we can actually change the world. We do that through our mission. 
Uh, Our mission is simple. We say we want to love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So all that means, and I say this and I will say this as long as I have a microphone at this church, but regardless of where you come from in life, regardless of your struggles, regardless of your sin, your shame, we are just glad that you're here and we're going to love you. Now we love you so much, we don't want to leave you there. So we want to encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're about as a church. But recently, um, I don't know if you've noticed a little bit, but the landscape around us as a world is changing quite a bit. And so myself, our elders, the leadership of the church, we've gone before God and we said, God, can you, can you just let us know what it means for us over the next three to five years to reach the triangle? What does that look like? And God has given us this picture of 100,000 men, women, and students thinking and living biblically. And that's a big vision. And um, the truth is, I don't fully know what it looks like. I'll tell you, we said this last week. I don't know what it, what it looks like. It probably doesn't look like us building enough buildings to get 100,000 men, women, and students together in one place on the weekends. And so what it's doing is it's reorienting our view. God, what do you have for us as the church? And what he's done is he's brought these passages of scripture in front of us and put them on our hearts that we can't shake. And I shared this not too long ago uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29. God's people have been exiled out of, uh, out of Jerusalem and they're actually in Babylon. And so they're in a place where uh, the people in the world that they live in are not following after the things of God. And God doesn't seem bent out of shape about it. He doesn't say like, whatever you do, get out of there. This is what he says. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get married. I want you to build houses. I want you to have children. And I want them to have children. And I want you to build healthy families. And I want them to have children. I want you to plant gardens. All right, I want you to put down roots. I want you to plan on being there for a while. I'll pull you out when it's time for me to pull you out, but plan on being there. And he says, pray to the Lord for the welfare of the cities because in its welfare, you will find welfare. And so passages like this are just coming to life. It's passages like what we talked about last week, reminding us that we're to be salt and light in the communities around us. And so what that's done is it's elevated some things for us that we've said we must do as a church. And you don't have to remember these, but it's important just for you to know to give you context. Because in a minute, I'm going to kind of roll out like a coach. Like, here's our game plan for the next 12 to 18 months. And we've got to chase after this thing. And I just want you to know why. So stick with me here for a minute. Uh, there's four things that we said we must do. One, we've said we must we must strengthen the core of families by investing in marriage, parenting, and youth. Um, look, I've only been uh, married in this generation, okay? <laughs> I've only had kids now, uh, but I hear people talking all the time about how difficult it is right now, how difficult it is in marriages, how difficult it is to parent in the current cultural landscape. And right now, the biblical foundation of the family is being, tacked, is being attacked from every angle. And if we as a church don't stand up and say, this is what it means to be a family of God. This is what it means to be a biblical husband, a biblical wife, to raise godly children. Who's gonna do it? So we have to do that as a church. The second thing we said we must do, we must, we must equip and encourage, we must equip our church to be missionaries in a new world. What does that mean? It just means exactly what we talked about last week. It means that we're to be salt and light in everyday life because so many people around us are going to wake up and realize, man, my life feels empty. But they're probably not going to decide that they need to come to a church. And so we as the church have to recognize our responsibility to go out to the world and love people where they are and to encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. We've said that we must uh, meet the needs of our community before they come to us. 
Simply put, last week, again, we talked about how uh, the world will see our beautiful deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. There's a world that's watching right now and they're watching for somebody to actually step up and to do something positive. And the Bible tells us when we do that, our Father will get glory. And if we wanna come close to this 100,000 men, women, and students thinking and living biblically, we've got to be out meeting the needs of our community. The last thing that we said we must do, we must mobilize the church by leveraging online platforms. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that's not in the Bible anywhere. There's no, there's no story anywhere that talks about the internet. Uh, so, but here's what we do know. We know that the world is changing and we know that if we can't find a way to get to people's phones or to get to people's tablets, uh, we're gonna be missing out. Um, people have lived in a digital world um, for a long time. COVID happens, everything's exponentially increasing, speeding up, we've gotta find a way to get there. So what's our game plan? Um, I'm gonna talk to you about the next 12 to 18 months. Understand everything that I'm about to tell you is a made for more mindset. So everything that you have come to know and to love at Hope Community Church and that you've given your life to and you benefit from, your life, we don't feel like that needs to change. We don't think this is a time to pull back on ministry. So everything that you hear about is more. I'm going to put them into three groups just to make it easy to remember. But we've got a website that you can go to later, gethope.net slash hope where you are. But three groups. One, reach and expansion. What does it mean for us to take intentional steps to reach the triangle and change the world? Two. Love and serve. How are we going to love and serve our communities? That's the idea of meeting the needs of our community before they come to us. And three, how do we equip you as the church? How do we equip ourselves to grow in our relationship with Jesus? How do we put resources in your hands so that you can share with other people who may never show up at the church? Here we go. Reach and expansion. Fuquay Verena, Northwest Cary. We are bringing hope to these cities in a way that they have never seen. Yay, I heard a yay over here. Listen, if you, um, if you remember, you might be paying attention. Like, didn't we say we were going to launch a campus in Fuquay like three years ago? Do you know how many people were going to do things before COVID happened? You got to give us a little bit of a break. Um, we did. We said we were going to launch a campus in Fuquay. It's been a crazy three years. The truth is we actually haven't been able to find a place to meet. Uh, we've, we've got about 14 acres over there uh, in the town of Fuquay. It just hasn't been the time to build. Obviously, it's been an odd time. We've been waiting on Willow Spring High School to open up because we've heard there's a church in there that's going to be moving out and we'd like to jump in. Um, we're kind of tired of waiting. And here's the thing. If we believe what this says, that we're called to be salt and light out in our communities, if we believe that we actually, it's more about seeking the welfare of our cities, who in the world needs a place to meet on Sunday morning before we just equip and empower a group of people to go out and be salt and light in the town of Fuquay? And so here's what we said we're going to do. We're hiring a campus pastor. We've already done that. Many of you have met Matt Curtis. Um, we're allocating ministry staff to that area. And we're saying, it's time to rally the troops. We have 500 people who live in Fuquay who are already part of Hope Community Church. And so this Sunday, after our second service at the Apex Campus, we're having a Fuquay Campus Interest Meeting. And so we would love to encourage you to go to that if you live there in Fuquay. But we're going after Fuquay. At some point, when that school opens up, which we think it'll be in the next 12 months, we're going to be launching a campus in the town of Fuquay. Number two, Northwest Cary. How are we gonna do that? We are going to relocate our Morrisville campus in the Northwest Cary. If you're in Morrisville right now and you're hearing that for the first time, this is a little awkward. 
sorry about that. We have had meetings. I wish you could have been there. Uh, please talk to your campus pastor if you have any questions. Here's a little, here's a little uh, background on, on Morrisville campus. When we launched the Morrisville campus, they actually, um, we couldn't find anywhere for them to meet in that area. And so they actually started meeting in Salem Middle School in Apex, which is not Northwest Cary. Uh, just in case you don't know. But what happened along the way is um, this place uh, in, in Morrisville, Perimeter Park, some space opened up. And we said, man, that's closer to Northwest Cary than where we are right now. Let's go after this thing. And, you know, the Bible says man makes his plans, but God directs his steps. And so we believed we were obedient in taking that step. And what we've seen is that that staff, those volunteers, those that make up the Morrisville campus have seen God do incredible things. But here's what's happening. Next year, our lease in that space in Perimeter Park is going to run out. And we're hearing that they're going to ask for a 50% increase. That's a lot of money. And so what that does is that encourages you to step back and say, okay, God, what is it that you want for us? And what we believe God is saying to us is it's time to move towards the people that I've called you to go reach. Uh, And so right about the time that we were praying for that, the principal of Panther Creek, which is a high school right there in Northwest Cary, goes to Hope. He said, hey guys, listen, um, the the church that's meeting in this school in Panther Creek, um, I'm hearing that they're gonna be moving out soon. We get the same phone call from Wake County. We have such a good relationship with them and they say, hey, this church is moving out. We would love to get you guys in there. Are you interested? And so we are putting plans in place to relocate Morrisville as our lease runs out into Panther Panther Creek High School in Morrisville. Really quickly, I want to acknowledge, wait a minute, are you saying that we're moving a permanent location uh, into a mobile location? Yes, that's what we're saying. I was talking to Aaron Nelson about this earlier today, and he said, hey, be real careful how you say that, because it could sound like that um, it's a down thing, that we're actually leaving a building, when the reality is it was never about a building, it was actually about the people that God was calling us to. So this isn't a step back, this is actually a step towards the people that God's calling us to reach. I've got a slide here I want you guys to see. This is worth getting excited about. In Perimeter Park right now, the nearest residential area is 1.5 miles away from our Mooresville campus in Northwest Cary immediate area. Population density per square mile in Perimeter Park, 280. In Northwest Cary, it's two to 4,000. And that's right there where Panther Creek is. Population in the six to eight mile radius is less than 2,000. Northwest Cary at Panther Creek, 10 to 15,000. That's five to eight times. You look at the growth population rate, you can read yourself. I don't know why I'm reading this to you. Maybe for people that listen to the podcast, that's why. (laughs) Population growth rate, 1% to 5% per year in Northwest Cary, 10 to 13%. New to Hope, people who actually show up at the Morrisville campus, a lot of those addresses actually overlap with people that go to our Raleigh campus. At Morrisville right now, a lot of New to Hope uh, people are showing up from the Panther Creek area already anyways. God's given us an opportunity. We're going to take a step. Does it feel like a step backwards? It shouldn't. God's calling some of the people. I will tell you this. We have some um, intel, if you will. (laughs) There's a couple of opportunities in Northwest Cary, one in particular, that could turn into a permanent residence that would be a phenomenal partnership with someone who's already in the community. Um, 
You just need to know that that's a possibility and to pray about it. In fact, I actually believe it's possible that we can move into that facility before we even have to go mobile, but God's gonna have to move for that to happen. But it would be one of the most redeeming things that we have ever seen happen as a church if it does. And so I want you to pray. But what we know is that God often calls us to be faithful in the little things before he gives us the big things. And right now we know God is saying, go to Northwest Cary. And so in this moment of tension and this opportunity, we're gonna say yes to more. That's Northwest Cary. Next, love and serve. What does it mean to meet the needs of our community before us? We have two primary partners in ministry, one locally, one globally. Our local partnership of Zion. If you've been around for a while, you know that we partnered with these guys forever. Pastor Chris Jones is their lead pastor, ministry director. Um, we used to be a ministry partner for a while. They actually came up under our wing as a campus, and we realized that we were doing nothing other than messing them up. And so we said, no, no, we need to go back to a ministry partner. Let them do what they do, and let's just support them financially, come alongside of them when we can. We helped them launch the galley grocery store out there. Uh, they launched the shipyard, which is a weightlifting facility in downtown Raleigh, where people from the community can come work out and just be loved on and find out about the truth and the hope that they can have in Jesus. They've actually started a ministry there that is for women that they rescue them out of trafficking or out of prostitution. They teach them job skills and they help them get back on their feet. Because of the gentrification that's happening in downtown Raleigh, a lot of the families that live there are actually being pushed out to this area in between South Raleigh and Garner on Dawson Street. Chris and the leadership team of SHIP, they found this warehouse space, this building that's right there on Dawson Street with a hotel that's about a block and a half behind it. And, and Chris came to me and he said, man, listen, you, I've got some vision. I see some ways. We talked about, remember how we dreamed about this Hope Center a few years ago? And if we could find a space that we could meet the unique needs of that community, we could chase after it. Now, the building we were looking at back then was about $12 million. It's a lot of money. Um, we have an opportunity right now in partnering with SHIP to actually see our first Hope Center come to life. We're going all in. Yeah, you can clap. Let's celebrate for that. We're going all in. And so I, we don't know what that means. That might mean staff. That's going to mean some upfit. But we're going to actually move the store from where it is to this location. Uh, we're going to be moving the shipyard over there. They're going to, we're talking to them now about what would it look like to have tutoring set, set up for the kids in the neighborhood. The hotel that's a block and a half behind it. They're going to use that now as the transition homes so that, so that we can elevate and pour more into that ministry uh, that we have there for the vulnerable women population. We're going to see big things through our partnership with Ship Design. Globally, primary partnership with Agape. Um, years ago, we started, now listen, sometimes we call it a church, sometimes we call it a campus. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we followed God when he said step into something big and, and we supported Pastor Jean Alix in launching Agape Church in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And all we've seen since we started this thing is God do incredible things. They have, it right now, for the last couple of years, Haiti has been going, they've been going through hell. And this man, John Alix, has had an opportunity to actually leave the country if he could. But you know what? He believes what we talked about earlier, that he was to put down roots and to establish himself and invest and seek the welfare of this country, regardless of what happens. He refuses to leave. We bought this guy a bulletproof vehicle. All right. I don't know if we've said that before or not. We did. Um, his home got invaded. The car got shot up. And he said, I'm still staying. I'm not leaving my people. This church is growing. A few years ago, um, my wife actually, along with Dawn Stride and Diana Teal, some other people, they took an idea that they got from Watoto Church in Uganda, a ministry to vulnerable women that they had there. It's called a Squave Van. They launched it a couple years ago. 
Same thing, rescue women out of trafficking, rescue women out of vulnerable situations, help them get on their feet, teach them that their identity is actually in a daughter of Christ, not what their past is. They give them job skills and they set them up in a place to where they can then turn around and then reach out to the other women that are around them in the community. They have to turn women away from this every single semester. Jean-Alique said, listen, God's doing big things. Uh, We turn around, he says, here, here's what I'm gonna do. We've acquired some land. I'm gonna build a new building. Okay, uh, let's build a new building. And so we're gonna partner with Agape and helping them get this new building that they wanna use. You think our, the thing that we talk about is the Hope Center. You look at our Apex campus, they're talking about a ministry there where they can further continue their ministry of Suave Vaughn. They can continue to grow the school that they have for the kids there in Haiti and they can continue to grow the church. But we're gonna double down on our financial commitment to Agape to to see this come to life. So know that's coming. Number three. Um, this kind of falls into the, the idea of, uh, remember we said um, you were made to live life with a group of people that believe they can change the world, that are equipped and empowered to do it and then to give their whole life to it. If we're actually gonna do this thing that Jesus is called to do, remember Jesus said that we need to teach people to obey all the things that I've commanded. We've gotta find a way to equip ourselves to be able to chase after the things of Jesus. That 100,000 doesn't just happen. If men are gonna be thinking and living biblically, we have to be able to get that in their hands in a way that they don't currently have it. So we have to find a way to engage digital discipleship in a way that we haven't before. And so the things like to build families that thrive, we wanna do that, but we've gotta get content to people in a way that they can look at it at night, maybe after their kids lay down and go to sleep. We wanna put resources in your hand that you can then turn around and offer to people at your work that may never come to church. There's no point in me talking about it. We've got a video, check this out. We're so used to living in a world where the things that we want and the things that we need are available to us anytime, anywhere, with just the click of a button or the sound of our voice. Hey Siri, what's the weather gonna be today? But what about the things that really matter? What do you do when you have questions about faith, when your marriage is rocky or parenting gets hard? Who do you turn to when you wanna find your way through life's biggest challenges? Imagine a world where accessing the things you really need, things like encouragement, advice, or even connection could be simple and from a source you know and trust. Imagine a tool that can give you those answers anytime, anywhere, right when you need them most, or set you on the right track to reach your goals. A tool that's as much for your own personal growth as it is a resource to share with the people in your life who are also looking to grow. Encouragement, growth, connection, right in the palm of your hand. Imagine having hope in real life. Imagine. So, yeah. I tell you, it's a lot easier to make a video than it is to build that app that you just saw. But we're working on it. It's coming. Listen, clearly there's some exciting things on the horizon. Uh, what's stopping us? Um, I don't think anything's going to stop us. Um, but, but there are some obstacles. You need to know this. Everything that I just talked about is above the current ministry plan at Hope Community Church. And so what that means is that everything that you just saw is above our current financial plan. And so, again, I've told you, we just believe this is a time in the life of our world that it's not time to pull back on ministry. And I even understand that this is a time, and even in our economy, it's like, are you really sure this is the time to be stepping out and taking big steps of faith like this? And I'll tell you, I don't, I think that there's probably not a better time. 
And so we're going to have to take some big steps of faith. And so here's what this means. If you're a regular financial contributor to Hope Community Church, uh, we're not asking you to redirect funds. What do you mean redirect funds? Hope Where You Are has been a campaign that we've had around here at Hope for quite some time. And uh, what it is, it's kind of like a strategic growth fund that we have that people can give to so that when we believe God is calling us into something uh, in a moment that we hadn't planned for, we can maybe jump into it. All right. Uh, we are relaunching that fund. And so we're not asking you to redirect funds. This is a, an above and beyond type thing. So if your current giving level uh, to hope is X, then to be very clear, um, we're saying we would love for you to consider X plus and contribute to this Hope Where You Are fund. <clears throat> I may ask, okay, Jason, can you just give me a, maybe just a round figure as to what all this is, is going to cost? Um, all in, uh, what you just saw through, this, we need to raise between now and the end of this year, December 31st, is $2.3 million. Now, the good news is there's already about half a million dollars in that Hope Where You Are fund. So that takes it down to a teeny tiny $1.8 million. Now, uh, let me break this down for you, though, to make it kind of easy for you. If um, Let's just say that five, because I know that sounds like a big number. It is a big number for a church like Hope. It's actually not that big of a number. If you take a number, uh, $1.8 million, and let's just say that 5,000 men, women, and students hear my voice this weekend, that's about 360, I can't remember, it's either 360 or 380 per person represented. If we do that in one weekend, this is wiped out just like that. We never have to talk about it again and we can actually go and celebrate. Now, I know, so that means if you're a family of five, that's 360, 380, whatever that is for your whole family. Now, I know that there are actually some people that can hear my voice right now and they can do more than that. And I want you to hear me say, if that's you, um, I wanna encourage you to consider it. I want to encourage you to consider taking that step because there's also people that probably aren't in a place to be able to do that. And it's, it's never been about equal gifts at, at Hope. It's, um, it is about equal sacrifice. Um, if you are new to Hope, if you've been here like, I don't know, in the last three weeks, three months, I talked to three families on Easter that said that this is their one-year anniversary, which I think is awesome. But if you've been here maybe your reason and you haven't started jumping in uh, financially, um, I just want to say this, like the, the, what we do here at Hope, um, it's, it's not free. <laughs> you know, we have a staff, uh, they get paid. It actually, to meet the needs of our community before they come to us, the things that we do, it actually takes resources. Hope Community Church exists because there are men and women and students who have said, this is important. I believe in this mission and vision and I'm going to contribute to it financially. And so I just want to say to you, if you are benefiting from this church, from the ministry of Hope, I want to encourage you to jump in the game financially. And you might say, okay, so Jason, am I supposed to be giving to the general fund? Am I supposed to be giving to Hope Where You Are? Who am I to tell you where to give? Okay, <laughs> I would say if you're not giving and you're benefiting from the ministry of Hope, maybe consider uh, start giving to the general fund. And as God works in your heart and as you, but if you actually are just excited about these new initiatives and that's what it's going to take to get you in the game, I say go for it. Just jump in. Um, I do want to say one word here before I, um, before I move on. If you're here this weekend for the first time ever and you thought, you know, the reason why I haven't gone to church in so long is because I know as soon as I show up, somebody's going to ask me for money. Dang it. Um, <laughs> got me. Uh, this is, um, I kind of have one to apologize because I want to recognize this is a little bit awkward. Um, 
But I also want to, I, I don't want to apologize because I want you to know, I believe what I said at the very beginning of this thing. You were made to live life with a group of people that believe they can change the world and to give their whole lives to it. And I don't believe that you're actually going to experience life as you were created until you've found what that is to give your life to. And so if that's you and you're cynical, that's fine. Stay cynical a little bit, but don't leave. Just come back. But I think you're going to see there's not many things that you can invest your time or your resources in that's going to make the difference in the world that God is doing through Hope Community Church. I want to read one passage of scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. This is Paul uh, to Timothy about some words that, he should, uh, that he's leading him to do for the church that Timothy leads. He says this in verse 18. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience, listen to this, true life. Remember we said last week, Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it abundantly. And he said, you're gonna have that when you do the things that I do, when we give everything that we have to this thing that believes can change the world. I want you to consider what it is that God's calling you to do. Three things um, that I want us to leave here with, and then I'll wrap this thing up. Number one, I want to call you into prayer. Um, just after Jesus left, <laughs> if we go back to that story in the disciples, uh, Jesus leaves and he goes back up into heaven and the disciples get together and they just start praying and they start waiting for God to show up. In no place throughout scripture do we see God move before God's people humble themselves and they get down on their knees and they say, God, we can't do this ourselves. We need you to move. And I'll tell you the truth, oftentimes it starts with the leaders of the church going before God and even confessing their sins and confessing sins on behalf of their people. And I just tell you, around here at Hope, we don't have it perfect. We don't do things right all the time, but we do believe that there's a God that loves us, that forgives us, that calls us into taking that message of the gospel out into the world. And so I want to invite you, we need to be praying over these things. Our friends at Agape are kicking off a 21 day of prayer and we're going to join in them. I think we've got a, um, a QR code about this. So gethope.net slash prayer, go to that website. Um, your campuses that you attend, they have Facebook pages. Our campus pastors are going to be doing things through that. And so I just want to invite you, join with us in prayer. Pray for your own heart. Pray for these initiatives that we've talked about. Secondly, what we talked about last week, I want all of us to commit to being salt and light in our communities. We've got to be bringing this God-like seasoning to the areas where God has sprinkled us around the world. We've got to be willing to take steps to get to places where followers of Jesus aren't yet. We've got to go there and shine the light and the love of Jesus. And the next is this. I want each and every one of us to take our next step in partnering with Hope financially to see this mission and vision move further. I don't know what that means for you. If you're not giving at all, maybe that's just saying, hey, I'm going to go to the website and I'm going to give $25 a month. Maybe it's $50 a month. Maybe if you've been giving regularly for a long time, it's, you know what, I'm going to jump into this Hope Where, Our thing, Hope Where You Are thing and we're going to knock this out. But I want you, wherever you are, to commit to taking your next step. Paul said to Timothy, you will experience true life. Just try it and watch and see what God does. I started earlier by talking about this tension. Because we have an opportunity. We have to make a decision. And um, I went to this place where Jesus was with the disciples. I want to back up about 33 years. 
And I want to just talk really briefly about some times that all of us have been impacted by moments where there was a tension and an opportunity and a decision had to be made. 33 years prior to that, God the Father and Jesus were in heaven and they're looking down on earth. And they're seeing that mankind is running as far and as fast away from the way that God had created us to live as we possibly could. And there was a moment of tension and there was an opportunity and Jesus said, I'm going to step down into the course of human history as they know it. I'm going to put on skin and I'm going to live the life that none of them could have ever lived. And I'm going to go to a cross and pay the penalty for their sins. And then about 33 years later, Jesus finds himself in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's in so much tension. The Bible says he's like sweating blood. And he says, Father, if there's any other way that this cup could pass and he feels this tension, then he says, you know what? I'm going to step into it. And he goes to the cross for you and for me and for the families in Fuquay and for the families in Northwest Cary and for the vulnerable women that that, that Agape and the ship of Zion are going after to save And he goes to a cross and he he raises again three days later. And then he's with the disciples. And he says, I'm going to leave. I need you guys to keep this thing moving forward. And they're in a moment of tension and they have to make a decision. And then about 2,000 years after that, there's like four families in California. And they're in a moment of tension. And many of you probably don't even know this, but four families make a decision to move across the country and to start this tiny little church called Hope Community Church in an apartment clubhouse. And 28 years later, here we are. And then not only that, but about 12 years ago, a group of people at the Raleigh campus, they felt this tension that that God was calling them out to Holly Springs. And so they gave themselves financially. They made a decision, okay, I'm going to step into this made for more. And if you're sitting at our Apex campus this weekend, that is a result of people saying yes to that opportunity and to that tension. If you're sitting at the Morrisville campus right now, that's because people said, yes, we'll go to Salem Middle School en route to Northwest Cary. And at some point we'll have a ministry in Morseville. But they said, yes, it's how we got to Garner. It's how we're going to go to Fuquay. It's how we're going to end up in Northwest Cary. It's how the people are going to be reached in downtown and in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and all the places that God tells us to go. The gospel of John ends a little bit differently than the gospel of Matthew. And um, I love this. (laughs) The Gospels are really like a biography of Jesus' life. And uh, this is how John wraps it up. Last sentence of the whole thing. This is how you wrap up your book, right? He says, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. John said, as much as I've written down, Jesus did even more. But I hate to keep referencing next, last week. You got to go back and listen. But Jesus said we would do even more than he would do. And I want you to know that I believe if John were to write a book about Hope Community Church, um, I personally believe that Hope Community Church is one of the greatest local churches that has ever existed in the history of the world. And I believe he would say the same thing. He would say, man, if we had to write down everything that's happened in the life of Hope over the last 28 years, there wouldn't be enough room in the books. There wouldn't be enough room for all the books and all the libraries of the world. And you need to know we're just getting started as a church. Yeah. You're made to live life with a group of people that believe they can change the world and give their whole lives to it. We're sitting in a moment of tension right now. We have this opportunity. Do we say the same or do we step into this made for more life as a church that God's calling us into?
Father, I, um, I want to thank you first and foremost for the hope that we have in Jesus. That's what all this is about. And if I miss that at all in our talk, then man, shame on me. But this is about Jesus. This is about Jesus taking our sin and our shame to a cross, overcoming sin and death so that we could have a restored relationship with our Father, so that we could have a hope, so that we could have an abundant life. And it's about us taking that hope out into the world around us. And so, Father, I pray right now that in this moment of tension and this moment of opportunity, you would well up inside of us. Your Holy Spirit would well up inside of us an understanding of what it is that you're calling us to do. That when we leave, wherever we're hearing this, at any campus, in any car ride, Lord, that we would leave with a mindset that we're going to pray, that we're going to commit to being salt and light, and we're going to take our next steps towards seeing your mission and vision for us come to life. Father, we love you, and we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and encourage you to share it with your friends and family. If you live in the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, we'd love to meet you at one of our weekend gatherings. For campus locations, service times, and information on our children and student environments, check out gethope.net. To make sure you don't miss our next message, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. We would like to invite you to support what we are doing by visiting gethope.net slash give. Through generosity of people like you, Hope can run programs like our food pantry, homework club, project classroom, and many more.